Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Jesus, we just come to you today and we cast every care on you because you care for us. We thank you that everything that we need is found in you today. We just surrender everything to you afresh and anew. And we just give you everything. We thank you that you are good and that everything that we give to you, you are able to perfect. We thank you, Jesus. Everything that we need is found in you. We love you today. We honor you today. Amen. He's so good, isn't he? He's so good. Amen. Well, I am so glad to be out of the fishbowl. It is wonderful. You don't realize this, how it blocks. It's just that barrier, right? And it just... Anyway, thank you, Lord. <coughs> so, um, I'm excited about the, uh, the replenish coming up. I just really feel um, there's a lot of things that God's going to put back into people. If there is, I think there's been a lot that's been stripped away, right? I mean, no one will deny that. Um, but what are we doing to put back in? And I think that's really important. Of course, you've got your daily devotional times, and you've got different things, but... But times like this where we gather as a church family or we connect with one another, where we call on the name of the Lord together, there's a corporate anointing. There's a corporate strength that comes. Because like God even says, he commands the blessing where his brethren dwell together in unity. So where, where there's gatherings unified under him, there's greater blessing that he's able to bring and command. Amen? And I've seen this with the churches when we've even gathered together. Um, you know, Ignite Berry Prayer, it's a different type of a, there's, when, 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 it seems like when we unify it to a greater degree, God can bring a greater blessing. And um, so it's exciting. Ignite's going to be starting again, so I'm excited about that. So starting the end of April, we are going to be doing that. And we are also doing a Good Friday joint service with several churches for this Good Friday. So that's happening um, as well. So things are starting to move. And I want you to pray this week because there's 10 of us uh, pastors that are going away up north um, and we're, we're going uh, to, to gather together to, of course, enjoy the outdoors as well, be refreshed, but really see God as to the next step. So it's a bunch of us uh, pastors and our wives. We're, well, not a huge bunch, but more than one. <laughs> so there's 10 of us that are going up and and so we really want to just hear God for the next steps, just God to unify our hearts together. There's a bunch of things that, that we need, and, and there's things we don't even know we need that we need, that we're just going and saying, God, what do you, just do what you got to do, right? He doesn't like know-it-alls <laughs> because we're not. We're not. We're, we just, we're so dependent, and we just need him so much. So um, that's happening Monday, this tomorrow. Tuesday and Wednesday, so we've got three days that we're able to do that, so such a blessing to be able to do that, and God's already knit our hearts together, but we just know there's so much more 
that we need from God to be able to do things to the next level that God has. So um, <clears throat> on that note, I want to just um, share uh, something that's been churning in my heart. And um, the, the title of my message today is Jesus, Information or Formation. And a lot of times we live in an information age and we can get so much information, so much knowledge, but we aren't allowing formation. And, and I want to bring a scripture out that's my foundational scripture for this. And it's in Galatians 4.19. And I did uh, want it in NIV. And I don't know if you have that one. But if you, hopefully you just typed it out if you didn't have it. Because I like the way it says it in the in a, NIV. Paul here is, is saying something here. And he says, um, actually, why don't you take that one down? Because it's not the right. I mean, it's a good translation. But it, it doesn't use the word I want to use. Um, it says here, my dear children, he says, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Until Christ is formed in you. So Paul is at the point of travail as in childbirth. How many know that's pretty bad travail, right? That's pretty intense. Like the thing with childbirth is, I mean, I'm, I'm an expert, you know. I've had several babies. No, I've watched, right? I've watched my wife have several. <laughs> and the one thing with childbirth is um, once that baby's coming, you can't reverse it. I don't remember one lady, what, the second time we were having with Aaron, uh, we were in with Aaron, there was the lady in the other room screaming. And uh, she's like, I can't, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. I'm like, uh, it's a little too late for that. You're like, on one road, and it's the point of no return. And so um, Paul is here saying, look, I'm in this travail in childbirth. It's, it, this has to happen. This has to come. And it, and it was, and Paul was knowledgeable. Paul knew the scriptures. Paul had all kinds of uh, things that, you know, he could have done. But he was, like, the most important thing he's here is that Christ is formed in you. He's formed in you. What does that mean? It means that his character, everything that he is, literally becomes a part of you. And, and we just, this is where we, we missed it so much in, in, in the North American church, is as we compartmentalize things and we're like, well, I know that and that's good enough. No, it's not. It's, it's more, we, we are more about proclamation than demonstration. You can proclaim it, you can blab it, you can say it, and you can say it, but your life is shouting something else. And you can tell, you can say all these things with your mouth, but then what comes out of your life? Because that's when Christ is formed in you. When what comes out of the mouth comes out of your life at the same time. And that formation is a process that we all have to walk through. And God's put certain ingredients in to be able to make that happen. And I believe... Um, they're the three things that are in the mission of, of what we, we, we've kind of narrowed it down to as a church. So we have the solution. Big church has the solution, right? It's down to these three things, right? Now, I, I believe these are key, okay? Um, it's experiencing Jesus. It's growing together. And it's serving others. Those three components. You can't have just one. 
you have to, all three of those work together, and it literally works a cycle. And, and people get stuck in different parts, you know, and they're just, it's all about just speaking in Jesus, experiencing Jesus and soaking him. It's like, but if you're not doing anything with that, you become this, right? And, and then because you've not done anything with it, you don't even identify with it because the application of it is you're like, you're this space cadet. I'm sorry, but that's what you are. And you sound like that to people. Let's get honest. That wasn't very nice. Well, sorry. But that's what it sounds like because you've not applied it and walked it out and, and literally ground it. And so there's these three elements, and you see this in Scripture. We're going to look at this as we open the Scriptures because um, it's so important that we, we allow um, the Word of God and allow that experience to become a part of us so that it literally Christ is formed in us. Corey Ten Boom, how many of you know Corey Ten Boom? I love her. I was reading a bunch of quotes. You might hear a few of them today. This is one of the ones she said, and she says, the measure of a life, after all, is not its duration, but its donation. So the measure of a life, it's not in its duration, but it's in its donation. And, you know, we, we, we seek to preserve our lives. We seek to preserve the quality of our life. We seek many times, um, you know, all that we do, we, we, we seek comfort. How many, you know, seek the most comfortable seat in the room, right? Come on. Get in the car. It's freezing. What do you do? You seek heat for comfort, right? We, we seek that. We seek it anywhere we go. We, we seek comfort. And we seek to preserve our life. That, that, that's human nature. But, but God's nature is different in that um, it's not about just us. It's about what we can give. And, and your life is made full out of what you, you give, what you donate, what you leave behind. And, um, and Jesus was, a, you know, he, it says in the scriptures, this, he didn't seek to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So I want us to see that, you know, it's, it's not about the last one on the island standing. <laughs> you know, some people, you know, there's this whole, you know, it's like, well, what if the times get bad? I'm going to, you know, isolate myself and, and just, you know, survive. What, you're going to have food and everyone else is going to starve around you? Like, this is not... Well, I'll share, but it's like, like we have to have the mindset of Joseph. Joseph saved an entire nation. And the journey he walked through to get to that point was a very difficult journey. But, but through his obedience to God, through the formation of what God did in him, in that journey, prepared him to be able to be a great leader and to be able to bring much to many. And we, we've got to see there's a bigger picture that God has here. That it's about Christ being formed in us. It's not about the initial, you know, this is what I've got. This is what I have. And just preserving our life. Um, you know, this is another thing. Corrie Ten Boom walked through the, the deepest, um, I mean, she went through Auschwitz. She went through, um, like, it was hell on earth what she lived through. As a 50, I believe she was 50, over 50 years old, I know that, I think 53. 
came from a very comfortable setting and comfortable life and then was thrown into that, thrown into a concentration camp. Why? Because she, she stood up for the Jewish people and she hid them in her home. She was treated to that degree. So she had the opportunity to be filled with hatred, to be filled with all kinds of stuff, and life threw all kinds of horrible things at her. But you know what? She came out of that, but this is what she said. So she came out of that not bitter, but better, full of love, full of mercy, taking God's message of love and forgiveness to the world at the time when people were so cold and so shut up after the war was over, brought healing and restoration. But this is what she says. She says, I've experienced his presence in the deepest hell that man can create. And I have really tested the promises of the Bible. And believe me, you can count on me. So I'm going to listen to a person like that, that has put those words to the test. Amen? And has lived it out. And so we're going to take some of the Bible's words and promises, and we're going to we're going to open them up today, and we're going to look at this. Because you're going to see these three things. You're going to see it's about, it's about God. It's about connecting with him. It's about connecting with others. And, well, first of all, with ourself, encountering ourself. And that's what the three things are on a replenished retreat. It's encountering God and encountering Jesus, the cross and everything he has. Encountering yourself. Because the, we have to do inventory sometimes on ourselves. And it's like, where are you at right now? Because we don't slow down and stop. And it's like we just sometimes keep going, keep going. It's like, no, i got to encounter myself. And, and then encountering others. It's time together around meals, time to get con connecting and sharing more than just in and out on a Sunday. And where we've got a, a, you know, a day and a half where we can just spend time together. Amen? And eat good food. You're getting th three really good meals. Where are you going to get three good meals for 50 bucks, just that alone? And you got good fellowship. It's just so many things, and it's such a refreshing time. So it's vital. Those types of things are important because they do something for us. So let's go to 1 John 2. Uh, we're going to start at verse 1. Yeah, we're all NLT now, so we're good. We can put up the scriptures. It says, my dear children, he says, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But... I love this. If anyone does sin, we have what? We have a fiery furnace that we're going to throw you in and shame. <laughs> no, what? We have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. And he is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. And he himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only ours, but the sins of all the world. And that's the good news. Doesn't matter where we go, we get to tell everyone, Jesus atoned for every one of your sins. He didn't pick and choose. He didn't say, you're taking space away with you. Right? Everyone matters to him. Amen? And he atoned for everyone's sins and, and for the sins of the world. And it says, and we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commands. If someone claims, I know God. Okay, so here we see this again. It's about this. Yeah, I know God. I know God. He said, yeah, yeah, no. But if you know him, you'll obey his commands. 
demonstration. Not just proclamation. Now demonstration. Well, what does that look like? Well, it looks like this. He says here, um, if, you, if someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commands, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. In other words, if it blatantly says something in the Bible and you're going contrary to it, and you're just saying, I don't regard that. I don't, I don't like that verse. It's like, no, if you love God, you will obey those commands. Amen? You will adjust your life to him. Amen? Everyone online? Amen? So, so he says here, but he says, but those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. So it's when we obey that word, even when it's hard. How many know some truths in God's word are hard? And it's like, but when we obey him, he shows up and he demonstrates who he is in the midst of it. And it says, and I love this, it says, this is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. That's a pretty tall order. <laughs> like, no pressure. So if you say you love God and you, you, know, you want to live for him, you can't just say, I, I'm a Christian. It's like, yeah, no, we should live as Jesus lived. In other words, miracles should be a part of our everyday life. An expectation for God's power to do the impossible should be normal. You know when I know we're, we're normal is when, when we pray for people and we're shocked when they're not here. We're shocked when they're not here. That's when we're, we're starting to be normal because Jesus walked in God's fullness, God's fullness of power. But Jesus also emulated the love of God to perfection. He emulated long-suffering. He emulated the characters and qualities of God. And we are to walk as Jesus did. Our standard, and I say this many times with the pastors, because a lot of times we compare churches and we compare things and we compare denominations. And we, we compare, we compare. It's like our standard's Jesus. Like, I'm not comparing myself with you. I'm not comparing myself with this. Yeah, I might be better in this area on this and this and this. But, but when I compare myself to Jesus, there's a lot of things that where I could pop. There's improvement. <laughs> right? When we start to look at Jesus, it's like, okay. And, and God is calling us to be like him. And he's also giving us the ability to be like him. It's just, so he says here, dear friends, he says, I'm not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it's an old one. You have had from the very beginning this old commandment, we're at verse 7, uh, to love one another is the same message you heard before, yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment, and you also are living it. For the darkness is disappearing, and the true light is already shining. If anyone claims, I'm living in the light, but hates a fellow believer or his brother, that person is still living in darkness. And anyone who loves a fellow believer or loves his brother or sister is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. So here again, it's not this, just the proclamation, but it's the demonstration. How are we displaying that love? 
at love for one another. The Bible says that they will know that we're his disciples, what? By our love. The love we demonstrate to one another. Are we criticizing and putting each other down? Are we putting... You know, we were talking about this situation. Well, we went down to the Ukrainian um, on Thursday. Big church did, took their prayer night down Thursday night, and we prayed down at Meridian Place, and we, we, were, we joined uh, the Ukrainian church, and there were other churches and other people that were th down there. We were praying for Ukraine. But then I was like, you know, and my, my granddaughter, uh, Lila, she said to her, to her grandma, she said, Grandma, she was down there, and she goes, I don't understand that. I was talking with my friend at school today, and, and they, uh, he has a big country in Russia. It's a really big country. Why does he want, still want another little one? <laughs> she couldn't understand it, right? And it's, it is so simple. But then, you know, we break it down. We could break it down. I didn't do that with her, but I could have, you know, let her see, look, you have lots of toys, but sometimes you want your sister. So I guess what the sin nature in us is never satisfied. It's never satisfied. And this whole thing, like we don't, we, we don't understand, but there's many people in Russia that don't even want this happening. They're living under a, a friend of ours, their family's from there. And if they oppose anything with this war, they're shot instantly. Any, any outward demonstration, no trial, no nothing, it's just that's what they're under. There's soldiers that are out there, even in Ukraine, that don't want to be there. And, you know, we can't sit there and say, Russian, you know, you can't paint all of Russia because of one ruler, just like Canada. When our ruler wants to act a certain way, it certainly doesn't paint all of us that way, does it? Let's take it back to home. God looks at a heart, amen? And the issue is the heart, and it's Christ being formed in us. And how is Christ demonstrated even in the midst of that? You know, there's Ukrainians that are going out, and there's some of the Russian soldiers have been left, and they're, star they're, they're just been left to fight, but with no food and no proper supplies. And there, there's accounts of, of Ukrainians going out and feeding them, caring for them. Loving them. That's Christ's nature. Amen? We, we have to be bigger than this world. Bigger than the things that are around us. And Christ is, and when we allow him to be formed in us, he can cause us to do those great things. And part of that is walking in this love. You know, Corrie ten Boom was so full of hate when she went through the concentration camp. Her sister, Betsy, was was weaker and she was beat all the time because she couldn't carry all the work uh, when they were in the concentration camp so they would you know whip her more and Corey was just so angry because you know this is her sister and and she was so full of hate and she had to let god literally you know because she said i'm in, in a, pe a pit so deep she literally one day just crumbled and said i'm in this pit i'm so full of hate i can't get out of it 
And God spoke to him. He said, there's no pit so deep that my love is not deeper still. And it was from that point she was able to surrender that hatred and then walk that forgiveness and love. You know, one of her sayings was, if you look at the world, you'll be depressed. If, or sorry, distressed. If you look inside, you'll be depressed. But if you look up, to God, you will be at rest. And so it's, it's finding that place of rest in the midst of whatever we're going through. And, and the greatest way to walk that out is to love someone you can't love. This is going over like a lead balloon. <laughs> okay. I'm just reading the book. I'm reading the book, so you take it up with the author if you don't like it. Pastor Greg said, no, he didn't. I'm reading the Bible. So he says here, anyone who loves a fellow brother or sister is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates a fellow uh, believer is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. So... When we, when we allow, don't allow that love and let Christ to be formed in us, it literally blinds us and it deceives us. And we lose touch with what God really wants. And so it's so important that we, we get to that place where we let God work in us in those areas. Amen? And allow him to go deeper. Let's go to Ephesians 4, 17. Um, we're going to start at verse 17. So one of the things that we, we as a believer, we are called to crucify, identify, and to be crucified with Christ. So it means our old life and our old nature has been crucified. Amen? We no longer live. It's Christ who lives in us. Because we know that the lust of the flesh is never satisfied. Right? When you lust... In, in terms of a sexual way, you are never satisfied. It's like a bottomless pit that keeps no amount of porn, no amount of, if, of any of that will ever satisfy. It's like a pit that never gets. But there's also a lust for power, and we see this with, with world leaders, and that's happening, and, and it's never enough. You might be a big concern, but you still want that other little one. It's like it's, it's never enough, and if we, if we don't allow that nature to be crucified, we cannot live differently. So this is where the, the word of God encourages us. In Ephesians, it says here, with the Lord's authority, I say this. Verse, uh, Ephesians 4.17. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame they live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. So it's saying, look, you, you turn away from that. But he says, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and, de and deception. Amen? So we throw it off. 
We get away from it. We, we, we stay as far away from it as we can. And it says instead, verse 23, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. So the Spirit of God can literally renew our thoughts and our attitudes. How many have had that where you spend time in God's presence? Let's say you had a situation that was really pressing and you were like, no, I'm going to stop everything. I'm just going to take time. I'm going to come into God's presence. And you just, you start spending that time with him. And, and all of a sudden, you just feel renewed in your, in your thoughts. And it, it literally can renew an, an attitude in you. Or he speaks a scripture to you that all of a sudden, it's like, it just ignites something in you. Like that's in situation with Corey. When she came to that point of acknowledging her hatred, it was in the middle of a bathroom in a concentration camp where God encountered her and renewed her spirit and gave her a new love and, and, and forgiveness that she never knew before. He, he will do that by his spirit. He says here, and it says here, put on, verse 24, your new nature. So you literally have to put on your new nature. So we have an old nature, and we have a new nature, right? And how many know sometimes we drag around a dead corpse, which is our old nature, and it's stinky, right? It's like, who brought the dead guy in the room? It's like, and it shows up sometimes, right? And, but we need to identify there is a new nature. So we, it says here, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. Put on your new nature. And it says here, um, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Stop telling lies and let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. You know, Trish talked about this with the overcomers group. And I've been to the one in Alliston, and um, the one thing is they, they tell the truth and they confess things in a safe place, but they aren't lying to themselves anymore. They're not living in denial of where they're really at, and they're bringing those things to the light. Because we always think, sometimes we think lying is, you know, just telling someone a lie, but lying can also be lying to yourself of where you're really at and and you know either covering it up or just not facing things but it's saying here stop telling lies whether it's to yourself to, whether it's to others and and speak the truth and and walk here it says um and stop telling lies and let us tell our neighbors the truth for we are all parts of the same body and don't sin by letting anger control you and it says, and don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you're a thief, what do you do? Quit stealing. <laughs> right? And, and instead, what do you need to do? You need to use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. Amen? You know, I don't know, the world, sometimes I think, well, if I say swear words, it just drives it home more, right? That's like, 
you can even bring correction. You can bring any kind of situation where you can use kind words. You can be nice. My wife is very good at this. She's a very good example of it. I am not. <laughs> I am learning. And it's been painful. But there's different areas where we're strong in. There's different areas where we're weak in. But we can use words that are helpful is what the Bible says. Amen? That lift up and that are helpful. And so it says here, um, and it says here that use words that are good and helpful so that your words will also be an encouragement to those who hear them. <laughs> the other day we were in, uh, in Lowe's looking for light fixtures. And these two older, this older couple, that you could just see, she was really mad at him, right? She's just, <laughs> and he's like, I'm trying to understand. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it was, it was cute. But, uh, you know, there's ways we can do things that just is kinder. It's nicer. And everyone is. We don't have to just go by how we feel, right? Don't let your anger control you. It doesn't need to. Let that Christ nature in you come out because he's given us the power to be able to do it. It says, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember that you have identified, he has identified you as his own and has uh, put his seal on you, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. There's a lot of this in the Bible, people. There's a lot of instruction on how we need to conduct ourselves and live. We need to just post this on Facebook. A little bit of instruction, right? It would be helpful, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. But it says here, get rid of the bitterness, the rage, the anger, harsh words, and slander. As well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, instead replace it with what? Being kind to each other. Tender-hearted forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Amen? Imitate God, therefore, in the things you want to. You know, there's sometimes it's like, I don't want to be like Jesus for that. Right? No, in everything you do. Darn, what? Everything? Yeah. Everything. <laughs> Come on, guys. It says everything. I didn't write this. Because why? This is why. Because you are his dear children. I am a child of God. See, I'm not doing good works because I am trying to earn God's approval and I'm trying to be good because I am good because I am his child. He has made me good. And because he's made me good, I can be good. Amen? 
So that's my nature now. My new nature is that. And so he says here, it says here, you do this because you are his dear children. It says, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us, and he offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Amen. So we need to always remember that and take it back to that. Christ was that for us. It says, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. There is not. These are not for you. Instead, so what are we doing? We're getting rid of that, right? And instead, we're replacing it with what? Thankfulness. That's a hard one to do sometimes, right? That one is a tough one um, sometimes. Instead, it says, uh, let there be thankfulness to God, and you can be sure that there will be no immoral, impure, or greedy person that will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of our God, for a greedy person is an idolater. In other words, they are on the throne of their own life. And Christ has no room there. Worshipping the things of this world. He says, don't be fooled by those who, who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in these things people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true amen isn't that cool that light of christ living in you it's producing something good in you and you see this over a long period of time with with the, all kinds of different ones that are following christ their life all of a sudden we just see things changing and and things dropping off that weren't good and more light and more life that they walk in and it's it's awesome that process that God does, that transformation. It says, verse 10, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. In other words, how do we carefully determine it? I'm just winging it. I just wing it. Oh, yeah, it feels good. Yeah, I think I should do this. Yeah, it seems, yeah, it seems right. I think that's what the Lord would want. No, carefully determine it. Seek out the scriptures. Find out what he said. Find out how he dealt with certain things. Read the whole Bible. Take a year and, and, and find the whole counsel of God and see how he dealt with things through a progressive, uh, you know, and, and how he, his nature and his character was in those things. And then carefully determine what pleases the Lord. And it says, take no part in worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Well, that's fun. <laughs> and you expose them, everyone goes, yay! It's like, no. Many times they want you to leave the room, right? Guys, when the dirty jokes start going around, come on. This is where the rubber hits the road, guys. 
These are the things that we, we, God is asking us to walk through. He says, expose them. And he says, and, it, and it's even shameful to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. And this is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So, be careful how you live. So I was telling this again. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. So in other words, there are opportunities every day for God to work and to live through us. Even in the midst of all the stuff that's going on, God, what are the opportunities today as I live for you? I want to make the most of every opportunity you put in front of me. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. In other words, don't go off into that place where you, you gravitate. It's wine now, but you know what it can be? It can be video games. It can be TV. Right? Come on. It, it, it's whatever is going to literally numb you is what he's saying saying don't don't be drunk with wine but what be filled with the spirit and it says here singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to god the father in the name of our lord jesus christ amen and that's why it is so important to have those times where we gather, where we have small group, where we're connecting with people, and we're coming, and we're bringing thankfulness, and we're, 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 we're opening up what God's doing, and we're opening up the truth of God's word, and we're sharing life together, challenges and victories. Amen? Each one. We, we share in both. We rejoice when we rejoice, but we also weep with those who weep. It's, we're sharing in life. And, and we're growing in those things. But in it, we're thankful for what God's doing. That's the good thing about this. And it's so awesome how God works and how God moves. We're going to go to 2 Peter 3, and then we're going to wrap up with this. How many, you're getting lots of Bible. You know why? Because the Bible's good. Scripture speaks for itself. I, I'm, I'm more convinced of that, and especially now with everyone throwing their nonsense out there as much as they are, and opinions, it's like, no, we're going to speak the word. You got a problem with it, take it up with the author. And he wrote this a long, 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 long time ago, and he's endured all of you and more, and generations upon generations. And in the end, his word stands. You can argue it. You can put him on trial. You can hold him in contempt. You can do whatever you want. But his word is his word. And it will stand. And I'm standing with this word. It is the firm foundation that will never... Have, the Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. It's the things that God has established, he'll never go against them. He is consistent. And in 2 Peter 3, he says this, Most importantly, I want to remind you in these last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. So, that's what's going on, right? But it says here, 
They will say, what happened to the promises that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. He's not coming. It's, it's over and over and over again, they say. That. How many have heard that? Participation, please. If you haven't heard it, then don't put your hand up. But if you have, I'm thinking more than two people have heard that. They deliberately forget, verse 5, that God made the heavens long ago by the words of his command, and he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. So this is the New Testament, people. This isn't the Old Testament. This is the New. He's saying, look, look, there, we've got to recognize God deals with things. But he says, but you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. Why? Because he does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Amen? So in other words, why is he, why is this? Because he, every day he's wanting people to see Christ in us. He's wanting people to be able to see that there's something more than what's in front of them. That if they're filled with hate, that they would experience and encounter a love that comes from, not from this world, but comes from the only one that truly can give love that we would live that out. So what is it that we are to do in the midst of whatever we're in? We are to allow Christ to live in us, be formed in us. And whatever it takes to be able to get that to happen more and more and more in our lives. It's all part of the journey. Amen? And we're all going through it. But, but uh, Peter is here saying, look, this is so important. God doesn't want anyone to perish. So he says here, but the day of the Lord will come as, an un, as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. And since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives we should live. In other words, your house is going to burn up anyway. <laughs> Enjoy it. Take good care of it. But, like, hold on to it loosely. Corey Ten Boom used to say, hold on to everything loosely that God gives you because when he pries your fingers off of it, it doesn't hurt as much. You, just, you know, it's like one more. <laughs> and he's like, nope. <laughs> and he pries it away. But, but he, Peter's trying to give them uh, just perspective here. He says, look, the most important thing is that you live a holy and godly life. That's the most important thing. He says here, um,
where, where was I? Sorry, I'm, I've lost my spot. Um, yes, 12. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives we should live, verse 11, verse 12 now, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. And on that day, he will set the heavens on fire and elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth he promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, okay, how many want to know what we need to do while we're waiting? <laughs> Make every effort to what? Be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. That's not easy to do. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him. Speaking of these things in all of his letters, and some of his comments are hard to understand, and those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different, just as they do with other parts of Scripture. And this will result in their destruction. How many know people were twisting things in those days? Twisting again. But he says, you already know these things, dear friends, so do be on guard. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must grow, and I want to close with this, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to him both now and forever. Amen. So we need to grow in grace and knowledge. How, why do we need to grow in both? Because when you get a lot of knowledge, it puffs you up. Right? You can Google it and you can know it, but when you actually have to do it, how I many you know it's a different story? And you can, in your head, you're like, oh, yeah, I Googled it. And I just have to do this and do this. Have you tried it? Because once you do it, once application comes, that's, yeah, guys, come on up. That's where you need the grace to live it out, to, to do it. And, and so God, when he's growing us in, in knowledge, he's also growing us in grace. Amen. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad like he, he gives us the, and grace is his sufficiency in a situation. He literally gives us, we'll put our earbuds in, I'll put mine in. Good. So I want us to, we're going to just, in closing, we're going to just surrender our hearts to God again and just allow him to speak into those areas and, and just help us with the areas where we're struggling with. And a lot of times we come to church and we're like, you know, we're, we're sometimes not coming with an expectation for God to do something. We're just coming, oh, what's, what, what will the teaching be? What will this be? Wondering. But it's like, no, we need to come with like, you know what, God? I really need something. Ian, why don't you, you, you mind sharing your story? We've been praying for Ian. This is just so awesome. Ian's walk with God 
has kind of been, he's been doing a lot of cliff diving, it seems. <laughs> Where he needs God to do, like, specific things. And so this next one that happened, he had to find a place much quicker than he thought he needed to. And we know Barry's housing situation. Anyone who's lived in Barry knows. So why don't you just share what God did? <laughs> He's too good to me. He's too good to all of us. So I was told four days ago, um, I expected and planned to be out by the summer. So I budgeted, was thinking, all right, you know, tax return, I'm going to wait. I was told four days ago, I have till the end of the month. I just started a new job, as you guys, a lot of you guys know. I have nothing saved, absolutely nothing saved. And I went on Facebook Marketplace. I maybe messaged a couple places. I called my brother, and uh, God worked through my brother. And the first place I seen today, um, he goes, don't worry. He goes, I got you. I got you. We're taking care of it. And, and I had peace over me, but I was still concerned. The place is set up. It's done. She's, I said to her, I was like, do you want a $500 deposit? Like, I, I'll make it work. She goes, no, you're good. You're, you're Corey's brother, you're good. Place is set up. I haven't done anything. I literally did. I can honestly say I have not put in any work. And then the other thing was the finances. So I don't have the finances yet, but I did my income tax. I literally got double my income tax than I normally would. And I, it's, it, it's the gospel of grace. Honestly, I, I, de I don't deserve this. I don't. And it's just, he's way too good to us. But it's, where's your focus? Like, where's your heart at? Where your treasures are, there's your heart. Yeah. So. Yeah. Amen. So, God, we just thank you. We thank you for your goodness. And, God, we just, we thank you for that we can cast every care on you because you care more about those things even than we do. We don't believe it so many times, but you truly do. You care about our kids more than we do. You care about their futures more than we do. And you know what is needed to even change the course of things to come. We can only see what's immediately in front of us, but God, you have a greater plan. So we ask that you, that you would just help us to fit into your plan. We, we surrender our lives. We surrender our wills to you. We surrender even our thoughts of the future. And we just ask that you would take control of it and give us your thoughts, your perspectives, your your heart in the midst of it. Because in the end, God, ultimately, you want everyone to be saved. You, you care about everyone. You're not pinning one against the other. And you see the heart of every person. And you want every one of them to be saved. You made atonement, Jesus, for every person. So I ask that you would help us to live lives that would draw people to you and that would not just um, draw people to you, but also display your truth. Display your truth. Thank you, Lord. Thanks, Jacob.
I want us to just, um, I'm going to just, Lord, declaring Christ is enough. But if you know, you want to just take some time to just spend in God's presence. We're going to, um, you know, the front's here, it's open. I, if, I like when you can come forward because it gets you away from everyone you're around and just your your focus. It's not because we want to see you at the front, right? It's It's just drawing closer. So if you're, you know, you want prayer, there's people here that can pray with you. But we just want more of God. We just want more. And we want to honor him and live for him. And whatever that takes, we just ask he would fill us with himself. And we lay down our lives even more. So we just thank you, Lord. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc. Thank you.